Are we on meth? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 1063. College football might not have 10 good teams. There might be a lot of unemployed kickers at about 3 o'clock today in the NFL. The Cowboys season is already over. Where do we start? That whole weekend was like the best possible fever dream. Holy hell, we're going to do 16 more weeks of this and a college football playoff? Mm. I don't know if I can sustain this. Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app. And on your smart speaker, and a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the always miserable and mosquito-infested intracoastal. Stone the Benowitz, Friday Night Lights. He is my radio life partner. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. He is back from Carbondale, Illinois, where he made his college football television debut on Saturday. We will hear about that, his experience, and uh, we'll grade him out. We'll grade him out, as all good coaches do. And Monday means WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Theo Dorsey, newly minted Chiefs fan, and mm. that decision proving to be extremely, extremely wise, seeing that you were a Panthers fan. Baker Mayfield is hot trash, <laughs> and you've got Patrick Mahomes just underhand passing touchdowns and blowout wins. You know, back when I made the decision, I thought it was one of the harder decisions to make because I was <laughs> detaching myself from something I loved. I mean, how difficult could that have possibly been? <laughs> but now, in hindsight, I mean, I'm so I'm so glad when I look back in the rear view and, and, and some of the decisions I've made in my life, that one definitely ranking up there. Top three. Man, I mean. Uh, Chiefs kingdom. They, they, they look really, really good. Mahomes is unstoppable. Yeah. Who's stopping him? I mean, has he ever not been unstoppable, I know, though? I know. I mean, that's my We tried last year to do it. We tried through like eight weeks to say, oh, he's not the same. And then we tried to do it in the offseason saying, oh, no Tyreek Hill. He's going to struggle. He's pretty good. He's, uh, he's, he's pretty good. Um, I'm going to give you a definition. This is straight from Webster's, okay? Patently. Patently. Clearly or without doubt. That's the definition of patently, okay? Clearly or without doubt. When I woke up this morning, I'm like, God, that weekend was insane. NFL, college football, which before the show, Theo said in it, he's right. Seems like 10 years ago. It happened 48 hours ago. Mm. One of the wildest Saturdays we've ever seen. That was insane. That Saturday was this weekend. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, this weekend. I don't know. Like, not even two full days ago. Were we... Were we wondering how in the hell did Nebraska get beaten by Georgia Southern? How did Texas A&M get taken down by App State? Is Marcus Freeman ever going to win as a head coach at Notre Dame? All of those things we were thinking. Texas, Alabama. Texas, the defense is all of a sudden Georgia's defense. Um, It was insane. But then you add the word patently, without doubt, clearly. This was clearly insane. This was patently insane on Saturday and on Sunday. Thursday was fun. We were all giggly and, hey, football's here. And then Josh Allen went and took that Rams ass. And so we talked about it a little bit on Friday. Nobody was prepared 
for what Saturday and Sunday mm. offered us. And to me, the most patently insane part of the weekend happened in Cincinnati, where I still don't understand, I still don't understand the sequence of events that led to an improbable Steelers victory over the defending AFC champions. But I decided that I was going to sum it up in the only way that I possibly could. And the game really was decided from a touchdown pass, Gerald Burrow to Jamar Chase through several missed field goals. Celine, take it away. Four seconds left. In overtime, Wilcox, snapper, Huber, holder, from 29 yards away. Oh, he missed it badly. From 55 yards away, Boswell. No good. Oh, yeah. There it is. A missed extra point. Two missed field goals, including McPherson for Cincinnati with the worst field goal attempt in NFL (laughs) history. The loudest clank off of an upright in NFL history, courtesy of Boswell, who then came back and would eventually at the buzzer win the game for the Steelers. Could we just go back to the isolated Boswell miss for his second on CBS? Because it is, for some reason, the sound the ball makes hitting the upright. I don't know if it was the velocity. I don't know if they had the upright mic'd up. I don't know if maybe that was just a TV element that really exposed it. But this doink off the upright is the most satisfying sound I may have ever heard. From 55 yards away, Boswell. (laughs) Oh, man, it is so perfect. It is so perfect. It's just a big old bonk. That was crazy. That it's like NFL kickers forgot to kick. They forgot to block. Yeah. I don't understand what that was in the Bengals. Joe Burrow's just throwing footballs to Steelers for 30 minutes of this game and then he starts acting like Joe Burrow and then he gets beat by Mitch Trubisky in overtime. The the weirdest tie about with all of this is remember how LSU just lost to Florida State with a blocked extra point. And it's like, you know, I'm not sure those Bayou Bengals and those Cincinnati Bengals, I know they got the connection with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I mean, there's some kind of mystique, there's some an kind LSU of bloodline connection where all of a sudden you can't defend extra points. Is Brian Kelly ruining the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> Find out later on Ken Levick Alive. He's the cancer <laughs> that's in, it just infested the uh, the LSU and Cincinnati football teams, but I don't that was, I, there's no explanation no, for No, there was it. not. I mean, this is a guy in McPherson who last year hit a 55-yard field goal in the playoffs. He was ice in his veins. Well, they gave him a lot of excuses because of the snap in the holder. The, the new long snapper. But still, it was, was a 29-yard I mean, field goal. It's a real excuse, though. It's a real excuse. I mean, the guy was snapping the ball almost I, over the It was the, a backup the, the long snapper. Right. It was a backup holder as well. But then to shank it 40 yards left. He kicked the laces. Which he, I he hear did, is a bad thing to do. I mean, it's the complete opposite of what you want, you know, from a, if you're a special teams coordinator. Yeah, you can't overcome kick those laces. It. Overcome it. It's I'm t- sorry. It's tough I'm to just overcome trying to give, it. I'm just trying to give Evan McPherson 
I'm trying to give him a bit of slack because we know he's good. Yeah, you, he was drafted last you, year. You kicked 225 field goals, you know, leading up to a game. None of them with the you know foot making contact with the laces. Well, maybe you, you should give it a shot. <laughs> you got a plan for you got a plan for every single situation that might arise. At least that's what I've been told. <laughs> You're being okay? a little hard on Evan McPherson, a second year guy. All right. A guy who who is used to having everything the right way. I mean, imagine if you came in the studio and Stone and I were just facing backwards the whole time. That might throw you off. How about that? Okay, but you know what? I would just overcome it. <laughs> what what McPherson? What what Evan McPherson did? It, it literally kicking a field goal forty yards wide. Again, from twenty nine yards. It's not like it was from seventy yards, and he's trying to get all of it, it all of his foot into it. Yeah. He just. Hooked it 40 yards wide. It would be the equivalent of me walking in here, turning my microphone where the cord is facing me, and trying to make sounds into it and do a radio show. It's that bad. No way. It's like a, And then vomited like on myself. It's like a batter, you know, getting ready in a 3-2 count, and then all of a sudden halfway through the pitch, he realizes the softball coming his way. And all that would sudden, be great. Your mind just goes, oh. Like and then you the hit laces. it 450 feet. <laughs> when you see the laces go, uh, and you I don't, don't think that was, I don't think that was a good analogy. Maybe a ping pong ball. All N- sudden, maybe a ping pong yeah, ball. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. this tiny baseball Became was a bigger, bigger softball. <laughs> I'm just a saying, bigger target. Can you the analogy? I'm, still just, on the see, I'm just saying mentally, like when you see the laces, you're like, oh, 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 like you freeze. the kicker Because you never see them. That was the most patently insane thing from a weekend full of them was missed field goal fest in Cincinnati. And the Steelers, who, let's be clear, that Mitch Trubisky-led offense is straight diarrhea. (laughs) I mean, it is running down the collective Steeler leg. It is stinky. It's going to require bathtub cleanup. And they still somehow found a way. Mitch Trubisky, he might as well be a chimp back there trying to throw the football around. He's bad. He's bad, 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 bad. And still found a way to make one pass, one pass late in overtime to get his kicker redemption after the loudest, most hilarious clonk off of an upright in NFL history and for the Steelers to win. Patently insane. There's no good explanation for it. I don't understand it. Of all of NFL and all of college this weekend, where is your head at, Theo? How do you unpack what you believe to be the most patently insane part of the weekend. Well, this is the easy one for me, not just because I come so readily prepared, but because our intern Ryan hooked me up as well when I realized you were still in the kicks thing. So this is an easy one. Mm -hmm. From Houston, Mm -hmm. and seeing what happened with the AFC South, you have four teams all in action, (laughs) right? Right. I mean, and, and speaking of diarrhea in football, <laughs> the AFC South is getting there. That stomach's churning right now. And and they they're fighting. <laughs> they're fighting to be the worst division in in all oh, of football and boy. maybe in all of sports. And they're they're doing pretty well at it. A week one tie. Ha. So you got four teams all in action, two of them playing each other, and nobody got a win. <laughs> Which to me is you got to be trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. And if you ask a lot of Houston Texans fans the way that Lovey Smith punted the ball in overtime uh, on fourth and, and very manageable. Soft as his beard, man. It seems like uh, he might have gotten a call from the front office. He might have got that, uh, that, that what's, what's his name? I forget the Dolphins' owner name now. Steve. McNair? Oh, oh, Steve Ross. Steve I Ross. I talking about the Texans' owner. I'm talking game. about he probably got the Steve Ross-esque call. Oh. Like what, what hey, Brian we're tanking, Flores. dumbass. Yeah, he's like, yeah. what are you doing trying to beat the Colts? Yeah. They let four. They got 17 points allowed in the fourth quarter for the Colts to come back, and then in overtime they pretty much gave the game away for a tie. AFC South still winless, the only winless division in the NFL. That, that's the most crazy thing for me. That is good. One division in all of football. It's not that 
they were all playing separate teams yeah, no. outside the division and all went 0 and 1. That's happened before. It's that you have four teams, two of them played teams outside <laughs> the division and lost, but then two of them played one another and neither of them won. And both of the teams that played outside of the division played very winnable games. The Titans were supposed to beat the Giants. <laughs> the Titans had a bye week last year. You lost to Daniel Jones at home. That was incredibly yeah, sad. Speaking you know, just losing of you. missed field goals, let's go <laughs> ahead and let's just let's just touch all the bases. Let me present to you, courtesy of CBS, Randy Bullock. Orton Cox, the snapper. Rookie Ryan Stonehouse, the holder. The kick by Bullock is on the way. Think about that. The Giants hadn't won a season opener in six years, more than a half a decade, and the fans are like, oh, we're (laughs) 0-1. This isn't good. And yet, here they are. Daniel Jones, by the way, who got cursed out by Brian Dable. In week (laughs) one, the first game of Brian Dable's head coaching existence, and he had already seen enough of Daniel Jones, where he had to go curse him out on the bench, and then they lost. It's, it's not what you're looking for in a contract year. You know? No. <laughs> week, one. week one, getting on national television, your coach having to get in your face because you suck. But then the Giants end up winning, and Saquon Barkley's putting up like 164. He's good again. And he's a stallion. Yeah. And he, the worst two-point conversion call you'll ever see, and he saves the day as he's bowling through tacklers. I mean, it's just... It's crazy. What about you? I know you were on the road. You had a long Saturday. You didn't see a lot of this stuff in real time, so you had to catch up on it and study it, Stone, after the fact. Um, but from college football to NFL, where's your most patently insane moment? Yeah, so I go to Saturday. Mine's college. You got Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Nebraska. They paid the Sun Belt teams collectively $4.5 million <laughs> to play home games. And all three of them lost. Oh, my God. You got Notre Dame losing to Marshall. Texas A&M loses to App State, being held to under 200 yards of total offense. Mm. And you got Georgia Southern taking down Nebraska and getting Coach Scott Frost fired. I just, like, come on, boys. Like, come on. Going into the fourth quarter, Texas A&M hadn't moved the ball past their own 35-yard line. It's bad. What is that? I had told you guys a couple weeks, hey, Haynes King, the kid they named the starters, not too good, and I didn't expect less than 200 yards of total offense. <laughs> First App State. He didn't think it was good. He didn't think it was not that good. <laughs> this is the same App State team that last week gave up 62 points <laughs> to and, North Carolina. And this is the same Texas A&M team that was ranked preseason number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the same Texas A&M team that's coach tried to make himself out to be a victim of the evil Nick Saban <laughs> in the uh, offseason. This is also the same Texas We don't play our players. This is also the same Texas A&M team that sees our Miami Hurricanes here Saturday as well. So, Uh-oh. so, so, what happens if the Canes go to College Station to mm. play a Texas A&M team that was shut down? I mean, shut down. By the way, if you want to see the worst field goal ever kicked, not in NFL history, but just in the game of football, go back to Texas A&M and App State from Saturday because the uh, uh, potential game-tying attempt from Texas A&M with about four minutes to go in the fourth quarter was the, the worst <laughs> field goal attempt in the history of man. Of mankind. Like, you know how mankind put a man on the moon mm. and it was revolutionary and historic? This was revolutionary, revolutionary and historic as in it never got four feet off the ground. Here is this field goal attempt courtesy of ESPN. I, 
mean, it, it, you know, they, they, they can't even, even say anything. They, they, there's no commentary because it didn't even make it to the end like, zone. I think, so, <laughs> as a play-by-play guy, you don't even know what to say. It, it, he kicked it from the the 37 yard line, and it came 10 yards short of the end zone, yeah. and never got more than four feet off the ground. It was it actually was. it was actually from the 30 yard line. Now that I'm looking at oh it, oh my god! It's, it seems like <laughs> sometimes when you watch things in sports, you're like, wow. I feel like maybe they tried to do that. Like it's like, how did you? I think even if I kicked that field goal, it would have went better than that. Yeah, at least you would have gotten it more than four feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have got a little bit of loft on it. You never know. Like it just seems like I mean, you, and there was no laces to be concerned about this time around. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find an excuse for these guys, but it's it's not there. Uh, Marshall going to Notre Dame. Um, oh my god! I want I I'm rooting so hard for Marcus Freeman. Yeah, but. As we all are, yeah, really. This is a problem. This is a massive problem. And in an institution like Notre Dame, they ain't going to tolerate young black coach not winning, yeah. right? And suffering embarrassing losses. Like this was embarrassing. It is, this was embarrassing. Yeah, you can't have that. I mean, and then Nebraska. Here's from college my most patently insane part of the weekend, okay? Nebraska could no longer wait three weeks right. for Scott Frost's buyout to decrease by $7.5 million. They needed to wait only three weeks. <laughs> then October 1st, they could fire him and save $7.5 million. And that lost to Georgia Southern, to Clay Helton, who was the first FBS coach fired a year ago at USC. They lose at home to Georgia Southern, and Nebraska thought, oh, man, $7.5 million. It would be nice to have that in our pockets, but you know what? This is, this is too toxic. Scott, you got to go. Man. And they had to fire him and eat $7.5 million when they could have just waited three weeks. That is how untenable that became. That's patently insane. $7.5 million that could have gone to other student-athletes. Oof. That could have gone to helping the student-athletes in the Nebraska Athletic Department. And I'm sure what happened is some booster called and said, down the road, I'll make it up to you, but you got to get rid of this clown. I'll tell you one thing. We need to rush to the stores. Everybody rush to your grocery stores. Get stock up on the corn. Price of corn about to go up. Because Nebraska's (laughs) going to have to make that money back. Uh Nebraska's going to have to get that money back. Those boosters aren't playing. No, not at all. Stack up. Yellow corn, corn in the can, frozen stuff, all of it. Stock up. Corn on the cob. It's about to be a run on corn. (laughs) It's going to be a crazy (laughs) run on corn. And and just like Georgia Southern, you run on corn. (laughs) I mean, we knew Scott Frost was the odds-on favorite for the coach to get fired oh, yeah. first. And then last week they played an FCS team in South Dakota who no none of you know, actually it was North Dakota, who none of you know, nobody listening knows who. They're 26-point favorites. I'm like, you know what? This should be easy, right? Just you know, run down their throat, milk that clock. This should blow them out by 40. Well, they win by 17. So they can't even beat an FCS team. Yep. They can't even cover the spread. So there was my first red flag. And then to lose to Georgia mm-hmm. Southern, it's not too, not too good. Yeah, we thought Scott Frost was going to be fired, but this was in spectacular fashion. So quick. Spectacular I wonder if they fashion. reached the settlement, though. They had to have. There's no way they were like, I don't think so. I mean, think about it, though. You have Oklahoma next week, okay? You have the resumption of the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry, and you just lost at home to Georgia Southern. And I don't know if you saw the postgame press conference, but Scott Frost is battered and broken and despondent, and there is absolutely no inspiration coming from that man any longer. I watched the postgame press conference because I was curious, and he was dead man walking. Yeah, There's no way you could have let that guy walk into that locker room on Monday and say, hey, let's go get Oklahoma. 
I mean, uh-uh. let him go walk that plank and take a beating until October 2nd if I, I'm the boosters. Hey, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But it's Nebraska is officially humiliating yeah. and only relevant because of how bad they are. Scott Frost, to me, like that goes down as the most shocking coaching failure I can remember. I agree. I thought for sure that was a home run. And it never even got out of the infield. Yeah. It was I mean, Scott Frost... I thought it was a home run, and his whole coaching tenure was a butt. You know, I, I mentioned red flags that came up for Nebraska. How about making his offensive lineman throw up 15 to 20 times a practice? And bragging about it. And bragging about it. Like in the offseason, it's like, oh, we're, our strength and conditioning coach is so tough that our offensive lineman throw up 20 times a practice. Then yeah. you go out and you face plan in the fourth quarter against Northwestern. And you don't cover the spread next week, and then you lose at home to Georgia Southern. It doesn't get much worse. I mean, I hope the puking was worth it. Firing your head coach before the weekend's even over, all that tells me is even the team, right, the 106 kids you have on the roster wanted them gone, too, because usually you'd fight. Like, yeah. let's, let's have a team meeting Monday. Yeah. Like, we can make this to October. The kids, I'm sure somebody asked them, right? You asked the team captain. You asked the six-year senior center, and he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now. I don't want to puke anymore. Right. And we suck. <laughs> I don't want to puke yeah. anymore. Uh, I have no more vomit left to give, and we're terrible. It's Imagine not, that. Yeah. Puking all that, all that much. For just that. Right, right, right. For that, sir, so your defense, it falls apart part at the hands of the great offensive mastermind Clay Helton like come on uh so it's not like it's not like in Rudy where they were going to get rid of the coach and they all showed up to the coach's <laughs> yeah. office and handed in their jerseys yeah like, no 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 that didn't happen here it was more like please god help us <laughs> please god save us we're being held hostage they probably delivered him his pink slip they were <laughs> yeah. like hey coach hey, coach hey <laughs> you in there coach <laughs> coach here's your, here's the slip get yeah. out get out we packed your boxes for you too what was the most patently insane moment of the football weekend for you? College, NFL, there's a lot to choose from. What was the most patently insane part of the football weekend for you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. What was the most patently insane part of the football weekend for you. Me was the missed extra point, forcing overtime, multiple missed field goals in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game where the Steelers end up winning. For Theo, it's the AFC South coming out of the weekend winless when two of the teams actually played one another. Mm -hmm. And then for Stone, it was the combination of Notre Dame, Nebraska, and Texas A&M all losing at home and paying a collective what, four and a half, four and million, a half dollars. million dollars to take that L. That is absolutely insane. You know, too, is we already, and we were talking about it last week in our NFC edition, where I said the Cowboys were Super Bowl or bust. This is the year. I'm tired of the talk. It's time to show something. Uh, that season's already over. Bust. I, they're They're done. Like Mark McCarthy, he's he's unequivocally going to be the first coach fired, probably followed by Matt Rule. He should have been fired last year, though. So, but he'll be the first one to go this year. Yeah, oh, only team to not score a touchdown in Week One, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. Only team. That's so bad. And, and Cooper Rush looked like he was not prepared. So if you're like, hey, <laughs> he like, looked like a guy named Cooper Rush. Yeah. Like, so if you were like, hey, no, he's played some games last year. Like, he knows what it's like when the bullets are flying. He looked so unprepared. Like, he was not ready for <laughs> Dak Prescott like, to get out of the game. He's like on the sideline eating a sandwich. Yeah, he was. He's like, get it. Oh God, he's got like prosciutto hanging out of his mouth. He yeah. had no clue what was going on out there. And like, I was like, oh, you know what? He's been on the field before. Like, it should be. And then I was like, oh God, oh God, like this is not good. You, not you know, good. Who's stock is rising right now. You know, who's sitting by his phone. 
Probably getting a couple buzzes. Mm. That, yeah, pretty boy, you, that pretty boy. That pretty boy. pretty boy out there in the Bay. Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy G. Because not only might he get a call from. I don't from, know why I said Cam Newton. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, he's a pretty boy, too, though. He's pretty. He yeah. is pretty. He dresses well. But not only might he get a call from Dallas, he might get a call from his own team. Like, hey, we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trey Lance actually does suck. So. <laughs> he might get a call from his own yeah. team. You imagine, like, <laughs> actually, can you report? Yeah. Can you. Uh, <laughs> can you. Uh, actually, can you start practicing? Take some reps with the ones, oh, maybe? Oh, man. Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> like. Yeah. Hello? Jimmy, we need you. But I can't tell you in the facility, there's microphones everywhere. Yeah. This is a private line. We need you badly. Yeah. Yeah. The 49ers. And I know that it was rainy and conditions were a little rough. That's no, no excuse. When you are when you are, when you came a play from the Super Bowl, you decided to go with Trey Lance over Jimmy G. You were unable to trade Jimmy G, so you hung on to Jimmy G, creating a very uncomfortable situation. Then you go to Chicago, where you're a touchdown favorite against a Bears team that can't do anything competently and hasn't done so in the last two years, and the Bears maybe provide the moment of the weekend celebrating <laughs> at your expense, sliding through the rain-covered field like some into the end zone, the like a slip and slide. That is... Is taking an L. The 49ers <laughs> took a big old fat L yesterday. And I've been waiting on that game for months. And I watched you called it, every dude. single play. And I had an out-of-body experience. I'm like, is this? <laughs> is it really happening like this? Like, all these expectations. You got Steve Mariucci picking these guys to go to the Super Bowl. All these teams are saying Ridiculous. Trey Lance is a dark horse. Lewis Riddick. I'm like, no, what are we talking about here? You got to go into Soldier Field in that nasty ass field. But I knew like the Bears were going to get that done, and yet Trey Lance is on the clock. I got to say, who saw it coming? This dude five weeks ago called out Lewis Riddick for saying that Trey Lance was a dark horse MVP in the NFL. We just threw around. Like like Mac Jones yeah. with Mike Tannenbaum. We just no, no, threw no, around no. Dark Horse MVP tags like it was nothing. Yeah. Now, like we were just making it rain Dark Horse MVP tags in the offseason. Now, now we look stupid. Mike T has has a lot more explaining to do than Lou Riddick. I think Lou Riddick was trying to throw a dart in a in – a, he was blindfolded, had to throw a dart, it landed on Trey Lance. But and he I was saying see, don't bet against Trey Lance. Don't bet against yeah, this Trey Niners Lance obviously sucks. Stone said bleep that. But and at least, I hammered it. So at least with Lou Riddick, <laughs> at least the defensible part of him is we Double haven't, my bankroll. We haven't seen Trey Lance like that, and he's supposed to be with an offensive genius, and he has a lot of weapons around him. At least I can see the route to it. Mike T, what the hell was he smoking <laughs> when he said Mac Jones, who his best target is what, uh, Kill Harry? Jacoby Myers? Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker? <laughs> Those are his targets? Who His offensive coordinator is Joe Judge By and Matt, Matt Patricia? Patricia. And well, you said MVP for Matt well, Jones, who also sucks himself? I'm sorry. Seeing Matt Patricia and Joe Judge standing <laughs> totally next to one another, looking completely clueless, having no idea what to do. By the way, both of them wearing hoodies yesterday in 100-degree uh, heat. That's your first indication. We might have some problems there in New England. Idiots. But Bill Belichick. <laughs> Bill Belichick made the conscious decision, I'm assuming not on meth, not on (laughs) bath salts, not drunk, made the conscious decision, hey, Matt Patricia, why don't you call the plays? And old Pencilier himself said, oh, yeah, sure, great. That was terrible. So, so, so no. That was ter- Mac Jones is trash too. <laughs> Mac Jones is not good enough to have two incompetent offensive no. coordinators no. and zero weapons. No, so, he's more I, like Ack Jones. Am I right? You know we. <laughs> no. You know we. we Why we, Ack? We, we can't even. Ack. We can't even call Matt Patricia 
who's a defensive mind, an offensive coordinator. We're not even allowed to do that. But I guess if you're giving him that position, you know he's good in the run game. Like, you know he's got this game. So you got Joe Judge in the headset probably saying, hey, let's just throw it here. And you got Matt Patricia saying no. And he starts talking about offensive and defensive line stuff. I'd assume <laughs> in that headset, it is a burning mess. There have been Ugh. no... No two coaches, head coaches in the NFL, over the last five years that have been a bigger human embodiment of the Hindenburg explosion than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Those two were catastrophes. Mm. Literally did nothing well in their coaching tenures. <laughs> and Bill Belichick's like, hey, my second-year quarterback, coach him up, boys. Yeah. And Matt Jones' best throw yesterday was throwing it off of the back of Dolphins linebacker Duke Riley. Amazing. Adam Archuleta, by the way, on the CBS call, I swear to God, he had to be, he's got to be on the Patriots' payroll. <laughs> like, everything that Mac Jones did, oh, you, you, you feel bad for him. Not his fault. You feel bad for him. He was throwing it in Dolphins' players' backs yesterday. Was yeah. it him or his partner who said, you know, the touchdown pass that Tua threw to... Jalen Waddle. Oh, no, it was him. I don't that, think I like this. That he said, I don't like this I don't, play call. It was Adam Archuleta. It, yeah. I don't think I like this. In fact, I think we have that, actually. I don't, I don't know if I agree with this. I don't love this. Let's hear This is from CBS. This is the great prognosticator himself, Adam Archuleta, just seconds before Tua picks out Jalen Waddle on fourth and seven. I don't know if I really love this decision. Over the middle, got his man. And look at him go. Jaylen look at him go. I don't know if I really love this. Yeah. Literally six seconds later, touchdown. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Mike McDaniels should start, you know, coming to him first and say, hey, do you love this call? Yeah, I'm hey, about to Adam, make? How, do you, how do you feel about this? Because if you don't love it, I won't call it. <laughs> I mean, you, you're the one. I don't know if I love this touchdown. Then afterwards, he was like, okay, I like the call. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That was good. <laughs> um, what was the most patently insane thing? From the football weekend for you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Leo is in Riviera Beach. Leo's on Ken Levicka Live. Hey, Leo. Hey, guys. Happy Victory Monday yes, to my Dolphins and to Theo's Chiefs. Yes. I give them that. <laughs> to Stones, Baker, Mayfield, uh, not so much. Not, yeah, not so much. Yeah, I had yeah, the Browns yeah. yesterday, but... Let's just say the most patently insane thing is all the parody in college football. To me, it just feels like I don't know what's going on this year. Is it because more players like are transferring? Maybe Stone could speak to that. Like, why this year feels more than any other year in college football? The underdogs are having a chance, and I thought that was so so interesting because now more and more, like we just saw it, you're paying them to to beat you and to be competitive is kind of weird. And then I'm just so surprised. Well, I'm not surprised, but I'm shocked that, you know, Tua can have a better game than Mac Jones and you still are having people on the Mac Jones bandwagon and nobody's getting on the Tua bandwagon. Yeah, he made some bad decisions, but it's week one. He'll clean that up going forward. Maybe learn to take a sack. Yeah. You know, give him like a C-plus performance. That's his biggest issue. In a, but, yeah, like that's his biggest issue, but overall – how are you going to argue with 23, 23 of 33, 270, uh, a, a QBR of, of 111? Like, how are you arguing with that? Yeah, and, I, and one more thing real quick. I just love how uh, former ESPN West Palm uh, Coach Coquel, I love how he still calls to a rag arm. I'm going to, like, wear that as a badge of honor because my lock of the week last week was the Ravens covering the minus seven. 
And so I love anytime I hear Jets talk about the Dolphins, I just got to go look at the scoreboard because I know the Jets are losing. Did the Jets Thanks, even guys. play yesterday? I mean, the Jets are completely irrelevant. They started Joe Flacco. I and mean, Zach Wilson ain't helping that 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 crashing airliner. Even when Zach Wilson does come in, you're right. I mean, that's a terrible. Ter- I mean, they're gonna they're, they're gonna fight for the number one pick. Like, for sure. Tell me, Zach Wilson would have played any better yesterday? Like, they're yeah, I, I they're bad. Yeah, Joe Flacco bad, looked bad. fine early on, but I, you're right. I don't think Zach Wilson would have done anything differently than Joe did. Nothing. You know who will do something differently? Bryce Young next year. Uh, yeah, maybe. That'll no, for sure. He's gonna get the two treatment. I'm telling you. Bryce Young, you think people are going to start hating on him? Yeah. He won the Heisman, though. Undersized, not the biggest arm. Did you say the way he dipped under that flying defender at him? Textbook. He made one He made one really good play in that game. He was overwhelmed. That whole drive, though. I mean, he, the rest he, of that game. The whole, that drive yeah, he, had, he, had, he had was he, amazing. He had minutes, one it was great awesome. drive. It was awesome. Similar the two to the Auburn game last year. Which, right. Which is why. He but then did, he was he was pretty poor. He was, he was bad the rest a lot of the, of the afternoon. Game. But, but his receivers were dropping balls. Oh, yeah, that was off. The communication was bad. It was right, sure. To separate yourself from the three and a half quarters that you've played to go on that last drive right there, I mean, that cleans it all up for me. He It just shows me that he's ready. Like the way he did it in that Auburn game in the Iron Bowl last year and the yeah. way he did it in this game, it's like those are games you can't lose. And when you have the best player in college football, which it seems like he is. They, they're in a position to win every time. That's I think great. he's good. What I'm saying, though, is his personality, his the way he conducts himself, his background, the amount of overwhelming positive media he gets, <laughs> yeah. coming from Alabama. Coming from Alabama. He's going to get the same to a treatment. Any mistake, and it's going to be... They're going to jump on him. Exactly. Yeah. The most patently insane part of your football weekend, 888-760-3776. Brian's in West Palm. Hey, Brian. Uh... My favorite game yesterday was the 4 o'clock game versus uh, the Vikings and the, pa- the Packers. Yeah. I mean, hey, I don't need to play all preseason. I'm good enough. I was the MVP last year. Mm-hmm. That was rough. That I was mean, a rough watch. I mean, that was uncompetitive yesterday. Yeah. They, there was nothing. And after that, that dropped deep ball, I mean, the Packers were just cooked after that. And it was similar. It was similar to last year. You remember the Packers went to Jacksonville to play the Saints and got lit up. Except this time around, the Packers don't have Devontae Adams to fall back on as the season progresses. Ooh. There are major holes there. And you're right. And, and, and let's not forget this, Brian. This is the same Aaron Rodgers who then decided he was going to go on his media tour and his bar stool stops and Joe Rogan and do all of that over the last three weeks. And then to come out and have that result, that's not good enough. No, and did you hear the comments he made in the press presser afterwards? I actually blamed the uh, the the team. It wasn't his fault. It was everybody else's fault. I didn't. didn't uh, I didn't see that. I'll look yeah. at it in the break. I will see. I, I, I'll look at that, Brian. Appreciate the call. We got a bunch of people weighing in. We'll continue to take your calls because, well, there was a lot of patently insane stuff that mm-hmm. happened over the weekend. We'll hit social media as well. What was the most patently insane part? of the football weekend, college, NFL, there is a whole heap to pick and choose from. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Twitter is open at KLV1063. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
from the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Uh-oh. Some people are mad. I went at Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Definitely not the hill I would die on today, <laughs> Patriots fans. That is definitely not the hill I would die on There's today. There's people defending them? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Matt Patricia and Joe and Judd. Joe Judd. Yep. They don't have enough cachet to be defended. Patriots fans, you got enough problems. I wouldn't spend your Monday defending the honor of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Mm. Okay? That's just friendly advice for me. All right? It's the most patently insane thing from your football weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at us. At KLV 106.3. I looked at the Aaron Rodgers quotes after the game. I actually don't think they're they're too, too much of I. a bad look. Yeah. Uh, here's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Here's here is quote from Aaron Rodgers talking about the drop on the first play. Christian Watson. It, it should have been a touchdown. He warned us. Here's Aaron Rodgers. Quote, obviously it'd be great to have a 75-yard touchdown to start the game, but drops are going to happen. It's part of the game. It's the mental stuff that we just can't have because we're hurting ourselves. Whether we're going to go in the wrong way on a block or missing a protection something or missing a hot route or not running the right route at the right depth, there's just too many mental mistakes. Aaron Rodgers went on to criticize himself for the failed fourth and one at the goal line in the second quarter, saying he should have kept it as opposed to just letting A.J. Dillon run straight into the line. Mm -hmm. Clearly the push wasn't there. So Aaron Rodgers put it on his shoulders too. I would rather Aaron Rodgers say, yeah, some of these receivers are having issues because it's clear that these receivers are having issues. It was clear in the preseason than just say, hey, rah, rah, it's fine. Good times. I mean, he's a realist. Yeah. He is a realist. He's annoying. He's not my cup of tea. I think that it's a bad look on him to go out and just completely face plant like the Packers did. Terrible. And he needs to do his best to maximize these guys. But I also don't want to be BS'd by him. I don't feel BS'd by him. I thought I was doing something, putting Sammy Watkins in my starting lineup, in my fantasy team. How'd that go for you? Uh, not too hot. Gave me three <laughs> points, four receptions, 18 yards. Not too yes. hot. Yikes. I don't know why you did that. That was a waste Alan of time. Alan Lazard didn't play, so I guess wide receiver one, you know, by default was Sammy Watkins. I figured he'd give him the ball at least eight, nine times. Nope, four for 18. Yeah, nah. I mean, no, nobody in that Packers offense outside of the running backs were worth starting. But what I will say about the Packers and what Aaron Rodgers did in the postgame is I think he at least I, – I saw, I saw an ounce of accountability there from a guy who's a back-to-back MVP and a guy that is dealing with a, a lack of help right now. Kids. He's got kids right now. He's got, And he hates kids. Yeah. Like, he hates kids. He, he loves to trust the guy that he knows. He had Devontae Adams for so many well, years. Well, probably should have left some money on the table for Devontae Adams. Yeah. Here we go. You I'm just saying. Yourself. I'm just saying. Eh? Uh, what was the most patently insane part of the football weekend for you? 888-760-3776. Eddie's in Boyne. What's up, Eddie? Hey, gentlemen, how you guys doing? Good, brother. All right. Well, um, before you guys laugh me off, I just, uh, um, my team, the Giants and the Dolphins, have quite a bit in common. We both have two quarterbacks that uh, nobody gives any respect to. Um, you know, they're just putting us down, put, uh, you know, put down two or put down Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, just brushing us off. And uh, we both, but the thing we both have is uh, we both have um, first, head, first year head coaches that really believe in their teams. I mean, our coach, Dable, man, I, you want to talk about a guy yeah. with, a, with a bunch of Kuyanans, man. 
you guys, like, they're talking about Joe Judge, but we couldn't wait to get rid of him yep. up in New York. So now, we, you know, we got ourselves a good head coach. You guys got a good head coach. You guys got a cheetah. He shaved his back and put a number 10 on him. He's running all over the place. And we got a guy in Saquon Barkley that has been MIA for the last three years and put up almost 200 total yards. Absolutely. No, I don't think that's that, that's going to require us to laugh you off, Eddie. I think you're actually right about that <laughs> and, and appreciate the call. Here's the thing for me with uh, with with Daniel Jones and with Tua and with uh, their new head coaches. You at least now feel confident that you have head coaches that are, and I don't know Tua's future with the Dolphins, and I don't know Daniel Jones' future with the Giants, but at the very least, you trust that in the short term, those two guys can put your quarterback in a position to succeed. Yeah. And at least, who knows what is all there, but you can maximize what is there. And that's important. It's competent. It's at least feeling with Brian Dable, and I wanted Brian Dable to be the head coach of the Dolphins. McDaniel was not my first choice. I wanted Brian Dable. But with those two guys, you at least feel like offensively, they can make chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest part of it is now that's you'll the know. That's right? <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah, but yeah. I, it, is it, it didn't sound proper. Chicken salad <laughs> out of chicken bleep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's the one. He's yeah. young. He's make young. another analogy, Stone. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't top that saying that he stole yeah. 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 versus your original stole creations that. of your analogies. No, but the the one thing that you'll learn out of this season with the Dolphins, and I like that he brought up the Giants because I would have never thought of this parallel, is we like we as a collective and the franchises, because of the positions they put those quarterbacks in, will know for sure <laughs> what it is they have at the quarterback position. Right. right. The Dolphins – should have had two first-round picks next year. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> well, I guess, but at least now you would help, you'll know a path forward yeah. or know what you have to do in the Giants, the same exact thing. Yeah, but the one thing about the Giants is, I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't have many guys to throw it to right no. now. I mean, he's had Saquon Barkley in the backfield, but and he has a creative play caller in Brian Dayball and a guy that develops quarterbacks. But remember, Josh Allen didn't get good until number 14 dudes. pulled up. Yeah. So I don't see any Stephon Diggs is out there. Yeah, Wondell Robinson. I don't know. Kadarius Tony plays two out of every ten games. If you were if if you were to to have a knife to my throat and say what's going to happen with Daniel Jones, I would say he's going to flame out in New York. I don't think the dudes matter. Would it help? Yes. Is is he that guy? No. no. Do I think that he can be maximized? Sure. Do I think the Giants are going to extend him after this season? No. He'll be backup quarterback for the Eagles next year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds like a likely destination. Just like, you know. Um, I don't at, think he finds himself in the same division. It happens all the time. They've seen I, him too Adam much. Gase they, they never watched. thought he would remain in the AFC East after what he did. Neither did I. Neither did he. Yeah, <laughs> all you're right. These, all of these NFC East teams have a lot of film on him, so they're probably tired of watching it. I doubt any of them bring him in. Uh, M-Dubs tweets, I love how you talk about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, but they have Super Bowl rings and make more <laughs> in a year than you have in your entire life. Great. If that's how we're going to... Cool. Yeah. Cool, M-dubs. <laughs> they picked their career. They went to the NFL route. They're yeah. making their money. Awesome. I picked my career route. Going the radio route. Make okay money. I don't understand how that has to do with anything what they make over what I make. I will say this. Based on the last five years of what I've seen from Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, and based on the last five years from me in my multiple media capacities, I've had a better five years. 
Much more successful. I've had a much more successful yeah. five years. The results I, speak for themselves. Yeah, my reputation is much more intact than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, and especially, especially after yesterday. You're continuously ascending while they're in a deep, dark descent that only ends at one Patriot way, I guess. That's the only place they can get a job, yeah. and they share a job. Yeah, and they don't do it well. They're both doing one job together poorly. You're doing multiple yeah. jobs by yourself. In an excellent fashion. Yeah, you're beating them for sure. Joe Judge and, and, and Matt Patricia have Super Bowl rings and you don't. Well, there's a reason for that because I don't work in the NFL. <laughs> Dummy. No, I'm sure their vacation homes are way nicer than yours. So that's Without yeah. question. <laughs> Without question. And again, their bank accounts are a lot better than mine yeah. too. But I feel much better about myself today than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge there you do. Go. I'm just saying. Uh, Danny's in Wellington. Danny's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Danny. Hey, sir. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys are doing all right. Um, I'm a Giants fan as well, so it feels really good to win week one because it's only the <laughs> second time in 12 years they've won week one. Yeah. If, but, I uh, mean, if you had a kid the last time they won in week one, he's in first grade <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so talking about something else real quick, a couple small things. Number one, Super Bowl. Um, you know, going to the Super Bowl last year, the Bengals, you can't be missing extra points. That's really sloppy. Mm-hmm. So that was a little shocking for me to see. And number two, I, I have an unpopular opinion here, but uh, I would have never given up on Garoppolo in the 49ers because everybody, yeah. uh, they wanted Trey Lance instead, but the guy's record is so good, Garoppolo. And Trey Lance did not impress me yesterday. You know, Garoppolo took him to two um, – championships in four years yeah so i don't know why everybody's down on garoppolo can mm-hmm. you explain that to me a little bit well i i mean that's that's shanahan's decision and they're trying to justify taking him when they took him and so they also botched they botched the offseason and appreciate the call with jimmy g and what they wanted to do what didn't help was the offseason procedure yeah. that he needed yeah that set everything back but they botched that, and then they were in a spot where it's like, well, we're going to have to take you back, and it almost might work out in a blessing in disguise. I just, listen, Trey Lance, it's one game, right? But you would have felt a lot better with Jimmy Garoppolo in the rain on that soggy field than what ended up with Trey Lance, right? Yeah, and the thing about Trey Lance right now is he still has a higher ceiling than what Jimmy G can get to. We know what Jimmy G is, and I think that's what the 49ers brass, they looked in the mirror and said, hey, Jimmy G – Though he's a good game manager, he makes too many mistakes almost to be a, a good enough game manager. I think that's the biggest problem with him. If he was the type of game manager like an Alex Smith who wasn't going to throw you out of games at times, I think it would be more palatable. But he also he doesn't make the big plays, but he also makes the mistakes, and I think that's the problem they have with here's, him. Here's where you fall into a trap. is You obviously want the shiny quarterback. You wish you could have a Justin Herbert whipping yeah. around or Oof. someone like a Lamar Jackson who can move and make things happen, and even if he's only thrown for 176 collectively, he's put 380 yards on the board and four touchdowns, right? Five touchdowns. Uh, you'd love a sparkling quarterback like that, but sometimes you just have a guy – who you ultimately, more often than not, not all the time, but more often than not, you can trust. And that makes a difference. It's great to have the superior talent, but sometimes when that superior talent can't handle when the lights come on, you wish you had the guy that was the human equivalent of a vanilla ice cream cone. Boring, (laughs) slow and steady. Uh It's really well said. It gets the job done. It's really well said because the 49ers got caught trying to be fancy. And you did answer Danny's question, you know, why is this happening? Just simple ceiling stuff. Like, right, you have the young guy who's able to extend plays and take the shots down the field. 
And now you got yourself caught in a trap. Yeah. So there's the answer, right? He had a higher ceiling, and you heard Kyle Shanahan say, you know, we're rolling with Trey from here on out. They just want to get things started. They want to get all these kinks and these bad performances out of the way so he can have a better career down the road. And what's crazy about Jimmy Garoppolo is that he is like a vanilla ice cream cone that happens to sleep with porn stars. That's true. You know, not every day you get a vanilla ice cream cone that, you know, mm-hmm. also delves into that arena. He's that guy. It's a tough arena to get to as a vanilla ice cream cone. Totally. Yeah. Total. I'm just saying, I've never had experience with it, but I've heard stories. It's not as easy to get with porn stars as you, as you think. You got to have a special. <laughs> as you think, you got to have think that, that. People think it's easy to get with yeah, porn stars. Yeah, I think stars? so because uh, that's their profession. Most definitely. Yeah, I think people are like, Why would they well, she, she gets it in on camera, so obviously it's easy. No, 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 no you brother. Just throw a little you, bread her. Yeah, way. you can't. You can't just spit game at any old porn star and make it happen. I mean, you got to work. Ken, speaking from experience, it sounds like he's work. been there, done that. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Ken. Again, it, I it not. I, I haven't heard. Uh, you haven't well, no, heard. I've heard. You've experienced. Oh, oh, oh. Right I, slip. Hold on. Oh. I haven't. Right <laughs> I haven't done, trust me. If I had, if I had pulled that off, we, you, we would you all would have known about it. <laughs> That's true. A long time ago. It would be like a, one of your fun facts every time you're totally. in, a, in a big circle. I would bring it up. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Oh, seven years ago, I slept with a porn star. <laughs> like it would just be my my hello. You would have used it when the guy made fun of you for not having as much money as Joe Judge yeah. and Matt yeah. Patricia. Oh, you, you you don't have Super Bowl rings like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Oh, you know what, M Dubs, I slept with a porn star a decade ago. Okay, and that's it. Like I would have said that right away. That would be my comeback to everything. Ken, comeback. you suck as a radio host. Oh well, I slept with a porn star. Bleep off. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go to Mike in Wellington. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, real good victory last yeah, night man. for the Bucks defense. Uh, looked really good. Really liking what I'm seeing from that uh, defense. But um, my big takeaway was, look, Dolphins got one of the most dynamic receivers in the league and one of the most fastest ones, and it was really nice seeing Patrick Mahomes do what he did without him. I know Patrick's sure. great, but... I mean, the five touchdowns, Pat really showed that he can do it without Tyreek. Yeah. And um, he just went out there and did what he did best, and that was just being Patrick Mahomes. I mean, just looked really good. I also liked what I saw from the Dolphins, even though I was talking crap about him last week. I stand a little corrected. Dolphins look good. And, uh, Ken, are you bringing back Weekend Warrior or what? Because it's that time of the year again. Mm-hmm. So we had a – and I'm glad you brought that up. We had a partner tied into that last year. What we're trying to do here at 11th Hour is get someone on board here this coming week and then Weekend Warrior. We're hoping it's going to be back. So we'll know this week, okay? So I'll let everybody know if we're going that route, all right? Love the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We got a break. We'll continue to take your calls. What was the most patently insane part of your football weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, this Saturday, UCF fans, hope you're ready to take that L. You want to see Florida Atlantic get all over UCF, Gus Malzahn and company. You have a chance. UCF comes to Boca Raton, FAU, UCF. Saturday night, you don't have to leave Palm Beach County for big-time college football. It's Florida Atlantic at FAU Stadium against UCF. It's the action, the tailgates, the atmosphere. It's all there. 
football in paradise. Tickets start as low as $15 to all games. Visit FAUtickets.com for all the info. FAUtickets.com. Go Owls. Tickets are moving fast. There's not a ton left, so you got to lock in your seats now. All fans wear red to the UCF game. Wearing red Saturday night at FAU Stadium. Expecting a sellout in Boca Raton. Full student crowd, 5,000 plus. School pride amongst the students and the fan base is growing. You see it every game. And you're going to see it in full display Saturday night. FAU, UCF, in Boca Raton. For tickets, 866-FAU-OWLS, FAUtickets.com. That's 866-FAU-OWLS, FAUtickets.com. Going to be a rough ride for UCF on Saturday night. Uh, Theo Dorsey here in his Monday spot. I'm Ken Levick, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. We're going to hear about his uh, debut on college football ESPN television on Saturday. Stone went all the way to Carbondale, Illinois. And he's, he's, uh, he's in the mix now. He's in the college football TV mix now. Uh, let's go to Tony in West Palm talking about the most patently insane things from the football weekend. Tony, what's up, brother? What's going on, y'all? Hey, uh, just a thought real quick off top. You know what I mean? Don't be accepting no ice cream cones from no porn stars. Just, you know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> let's make that a warning to all the, all the listeners. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's now in the public space. Thank you, Tony. I needed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be doing. You don't want to be doing that. If you do, you know, I mean, it's your urgent care. Uh, yo, when I when I was thinking, um, Daniel Jones, man, y'all know what he's gonna be doing next year. Y'all talking, he's gonna be going to the Panthers, and Gettleman's gonna be crying, mm. talking about let me get my job back. You already know. But what I found to be insane was that it took this long for somebody to really tear into Daniel Jones. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they, they actually got in his grill and, and actually held him accountable. Y'all know Gettleman was at home with a hot dog crying, you know what I mean, wrapped up in some sheets or whatnot. Like, <laughs> hey, Tony, you know, but Joe Judge, Joe Judge, he has a Super Bowl ring and he makes more than me, okay? Uh, you, you, nah, don't nah, don't nah. question the but, great Joe Judge, Tony. Nah, y'all know what Joe Judge, yo, Joe Judge last year, whenever uh, Daniel Jones made a mistake, he didn't, even, he didn't even talk, he just wanted it in his head. He was just picturing fighting him. And, and, and Matt Patricia, all he's doing is eating pencils all day anyway. He's like, you know, back in the day when you go to sharpen your pencil, that machine, that's what Matt Patricia is. You put you put a, 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 a pencil in his mouth and it comes out sharp. That's what he does. <laughs> no. he's, a, he's a human pencil sharpener. Oh, yeah, he's a human pencil sharpener. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, yo, something else that's crazy, how much money, and, and Theo, you can feel this, how much money has been spent on Mac Jones in the hobby of trading cards which over mm. Sunday, people are dumping him everywhere. Really? All right, my people. God bless. All right, Tony. Appreciate I, you. We I should get J-Mart that. in there. We should get J-Mart in because J-Mart does our starting five talking sports cards. Actually, we should talk to him tomorrow just to get an update on the Mac Jones cliff plummet yeah. in the sports card world. It should have never went up. Like I, That's the, <laughs> the thing I'm trying to figure out is how did that even get involved? Also, the pencil sharpening thing just brought me back. Like You, you only did that when you had a good outfit on. Like. When I had a good outfit on, I would sharpen my pencil in every class, every period. Because you need wanted to, to show off the fit. I need them to see the fit. It's like a little <laughs> runway. You know what I'm saying? Like, you mm. know, some shoddy sitting in the front. They're very studious. Uh-huh. I come from the back. Maybe uh-huh. they didn't see the fit yet. <laughs> I walk up right uh, there, sharpen the pencil, come back, give just, them a little wink. Just learn something. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty funny. That's, so you still had – did you have the, the crank 
Pencil yeah, yeah. sharpener or wasn't the electric one? We had, well, some classrooms will have the electric one plugged in by the teacher's desk. The yeah. other ones had the one that was drilled to the wall. Yeah, that was see, like a I like grinder. that because I like to have to work for it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, and it always gave a better sharpen because the electric ones, if you hold it at a little bit of an angle, then only one side mm-hmm. gets sharpened, and then you got the whole wood side. Nobody likes that with a pencil. Stone, there's no way he knows what we're talking about yeah. with the hand crank pencil sharpener. They had mechanical pencils. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm a one mechanical pencil guy, two electric. I never seen none of that 1972 <laughs> wow. stuff. Wow. Have you ever used an actual pencil, like a number two pencil? (laughs) Probably not. I would say elementary school was probably the last time I had a pencil in my hand. So when you went to show the fit off in school, how did you even? I I said, "What's up, Kathy?" Look, and I just have her turn back, and And, and then he clicked his pencil. Mm -hmm. What's up? What's up, girl? (laughs) She clicked it, and I would and I would take the lead out and stick it through the front of the pencil because not many kids were able to do that. Yeah. What's up, girl? Uh huh. What's up? I got this long piece of lead. Yeah, and like, I'm sticking what? it in the, you know, you're sticking it in that little tiny hole. And she's like, whoa. Is that the aphrodisiac in South Fork? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's happening yeah, out she's there? She's like, oh, man. <laughs> the way he loads up <laughs> that mechanical yeah, big man, pencil. Man, he, uh, he, that boy is uh, armed with some long lead. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, real quick, before we go to break, I remember when I was in second grade and uh, I had a real sharp pencil and I accidentally like just stabbed my leg with it what? by accident. And it, I started bleeding and had this mark in it. And I always thought the pencil lead was like lead. And when I was a kid, there was all these news stories about lead paint and how people are getting mm. cancer and how it's poisonous. And I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, my mom comes home, and I'm in the bathroom, like, squeezing my thigh like it was a splinter mm. trying to get lead out of my leg. Mm. And my mom goes, you realize that's not going to do anything to you. It's graphite, you dummy. It's not lead. I yeah. had no idea. That was one of the most profound traumatic experiences in my childhood is when I thought I gave myself lead poisoning with my pencil. <laughs> you, rightfully so, because why do they tell us it's lead then? Yeah, why, why do you not call, call it, it lead? graphite? Right, it's graphite. I'm going to make a sounds push. cooler than lead. The miseducation of kids in America started right there when they told yeah. us it was lead in our pencils and yeah. it was graphite. I sat there squeezing my thigh for like two and a half hours because I thought I was going to die. I wasn't going to see the third grade. That's tough, man. I'm sorry that, that they put you through that. I blame the school systems, yeah. even though I'm sure they're you great come, in Palm Beach County. My mom had no compassion for me. Joyce was like, you dummy. You come from lead poisoning, almost near death in third grade to dating porn stars later in your life, man. You come a long way. <laughs> I wish. That would have been a great story. I would have written a biography. That would have been chapter two into chapter three. <laughs> mm, from lead oh, poisoning to yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, stabbed myself with a pencil and then got it in with a porn star. But all- it wasn't to be. It wasn't my destiny. <laughs> It's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.